So welcome to another episode of Thrive. If your agency has any hand in creative or content development as a service offering to clients, we might all assume that we know how to sort of do social for our own agencies. But let's be honest, um, I think that most of us really don't know what we're doing when it comes to social media, or we look at it maybe as a, a, a talent attraction tool, right? So my guest today is Adam Brown, who's the founder and president of Circle Media here in New York City. And Adam has a little bit of a different philosophy, so I thought it would make a great show. And I just want to welcome you, Adam, for, uh, for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. The pleasure's all mine. So um, let's kind of start at the beginning. Seven years ago, you founded this agency, Circle Media. Um, how did you get involved in it? And what was sort of the, the market gap that you felt that you could sort of close? Yeah, so uh, in my former life, I worked with a lot of different agencies and all, all different capacity. And I, I found that uh, most of the agencies I was dealing with, I, I really didn't love either. Um, they didn't have their act together. And so I thought that agency model was broken. Mm -hmm. Uh, or it was very siloed. I always thought there was like one piece that they covered, but then like if it didn't integrate with everything else, there was always a problem. And so part of my brain was, why can't there be like a four seasons type service agency out there? So I sort of like put that in the back of my brain. Mm -hmm. And then specifically with social media, you know, um, around that time, so you're talking like 2011, 12, right. um, there were SMBs. Uh, I, I was an SMB, I was talking with a lot of SMB owners, and most of them just did not know how to navigate social media at all. It was right. such a black box. Right. So I thought, okay, you know, agency with four season level service with social media offering built for SMBs, this actually could be something. And it was just like an easy transition. It just made so much sense to me. It was so obvious. And I just felt it wasn't being covered. Right, right. And so now, um, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about that transition from SMBs, but you're actually working with a lot more household uh, consumer products, brands and things like that. So what was that transition like? Yeah, so it, it's funny. What I've learned over time is SMB is a broad scope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It used to be, you know, really tiny little businesses. And that's definitely where I started, you know, literally like dry cleaners and restaurants. Yeah. Um, but uh, it seems like uh, the spectrum is like anywhere from like one to 100 million in revenue. So all of our clients, or I should say most of our clients fall in there. There's definitely some that are north of that. And these days, probably very few that are south of that. Mm -hmm. um, so the transition has been very seamless. Like a lot of brands at different sizes and different you know uh, stages in their life cycle, they have similar issues. Um, generally, a lack of understanding, especially when it comes to social media, usually understaffed or wrongly staffed internally. Um, so there wasn't much of a transition. Um, it was more of a transition going from the client side to the agency side. <laughs> Then from you know agency side for really tiny to bigger, right. um, but uh, it was pretty fluid. It just it just sort of um, business one hundred and one, but just articulating in a social media mindset. Right, right. So let's kind of dive into social media uh, for agencies. I feel like from my perspective, most agencies view their own social media channels as really just, um, I don't know, either obvious self-promotion, but not in a strategic way, or they're solely using it for talent attraction, kind of a behind the scenes view of what it's like to work at the agency. Um, you actually use it more as what you call a closing tool. So I'd love to really dive into the discussion and talk about that. Yeah, and so I think it goes with my framework that I recommend to clients or even people that I just know in the, in the world that come to me because I'm the social media guy now. Um, 
it's you don't go so smart you go stupid is my recommendation right so it's like i like that just just think about the context of what these things are right like if anything else like social networks represent scale like reach and scale right so um you know for me i came from a sales background i was in the mortgage industry for 11 years and i ran marketing and sales and and when i came up in in the business I was cold calling people. This is like, you know, in the early 2000s. So having platforms like LinkedIn, especially LinkedIn right now, um, Twitter, Instagram, DM, it provides you cold calling in a much nicer, friendlier package. um, And you have so much more context, you know who you're communicating with um, and coming in, leading in as a social agency, you have a little bit more credibility than just, you know, someone calling you on the phone. And so it's just such a powerful tool not only to go out and get the business, but I find putting out content and being a thought leader, it's the most powerful conversion of business. Mm. And so I do see what you're talking about. You know, um, a lot of brand, a lot of agencies are putting out, we have the best culture. It's so great to work here, happy which hour. it is. <laughs> yeah, happy hour and bean bat, you know. Right, right. Um, and I work in a WeWork in an agency in New York City, so I have all that. Right. Um, and we definitely have some of that. You know, our agency is great to work at too. Um, but, uh, I just think, you know, if you want to put out, first of all, I use it in two ways, social, social media, primarily Instagram, I use to push out the work we do. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, here's the assets we make. We definitely over index on content creation. So go to my Instagram, you can see the videos, graphics, photos that we create. Most businesses these days see that and they're like, wow, like I want that kind of stuff. Um, but more importantly, I use it as a fishing rod to go and get business start a dialogue and then they see the content I put on social as my conversion tool. Mm. So you're using it, uh, if we were sort of to contextualize that, you're using it as a little bit of a portfolio, like an, uh, an specifically on Instagram, like a portfolio on Instagram, but then also on other platforms, you're using it as um, brand awareness for the purposes of business development. Yes, you articulated it better than me. Um, but uh, I'm old school. In case you can't tell by the gray hairs, I'm in my early. I got 40s. him too. I okay, him I don't too, see brother. him. I, I don't know. see him on you quite as much. But um, you know, so I came up during like uh, you know late '90s. It was like websites were brochure website. Right. It was basically literally your brochure. So to me, I use Instagram the same way. Like, here's the great content we create. Like, you want to see it? Here it is. It's gonna be better than my deck. I'm posting there every single day. Take a look. So that in and of itself is like a, um, you know, a smorgasbord of like here, here is what you can get. And since we, I usually lead in with content, um, actually going back to your question before about working with bigger brands, our original thesis was you need a social media manager. It's a full-time job. It can't be an intern or a receptionist or your cousin, Sally, like it, it, it's a real full-time job. And that was in 2011-12. So fast forward to now, that thesis has only gotten stronger and it's really multiple talents, multiple personalities that need to do it. So that thesis in and of itself makes a lot of sense for SMBs and and growth companies. But then there were bigger brands like Kind Bars or whoever that they have a huge team. So my thesis of, you know, you have all these different people and you can't get them in one salary you need someone like us. For them, they had the seven people, so they don't need it. Uh, But we became a very attractive option for brands looking to create social first, especially video content outsource, because most brands don't have that internal, even bigger brands. It's just such a luxury.
luxury to have like a really good video guy or girl on your team. And then, especially when you're bigger, to outsource that, it's very expensive. You go to an expensive agency, they see your name, they charge you a big price point. um, And so you know you need video, but it's cost prohibitive, so you don't create it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, long story short is like, that's a great way for me to lead in and say, look, everyone needs video. And it sort of equalizes the little guys and the big guys. You're not doing it internally. So here's a representation of how, of what you can get done externally with a company like mine. Um, and that gets them in the door. And then the conversion tools, just longer form content. A lot of the stuff I'm doing on LinkedIn, even messing around on IGTV that it seems like nobody watches. Um, but the three people that watch it for me have, have been helpful. I've had marketing directors take a look at it because it's kind of a new frontier. So in order to earn their stripes, they're on that new frontier looking around. And so I found it's actually a very good place for cheap attention to get your message across to convert sales. That was my long answer. Sorry for that. No, no, that's great. That's it's really valuable uh, content. And to kind of go into that depth is really uh, insightful. Um, So I guess my question would be, since your objective across the board is portfolio and brand awareness leading to conversion and closing, is there a different strategy per platform? Or since the objective is similar, is it the same strategy across all social platforms? So uh, yes and no. So yes, content across all platforms. So trying to get creative. Um, I just got my new Yeti microphone, as I told you, like figuring out ways to like better record your creative that maybe transcribes to written and maybe capture audio. I've been big on my anchor podcast for the last year plus. Mm -hmm. Like, so yes, lots of content and then um, different per platform. So, you know, I find when I post um, on LinkedIn that my written does well, people, I guess, just read there. So they'll they'll read a little bit longer. Uh, I post on my blog, no one reads it. you know, so what can I do? Um, but I keep that as a home-based platform in case someone's on my website looking around. Maybe they'll see some of that stuff. Oh, that's great for um, organic search, also. Just yeah, organic channel. search. I don't. I don't get much traffic. I, again, uh, different than other companies and other agencies for sure that are spending a ton on on marketing. I really use um, my own grit. Um, cold, you know, cold calling 2.0, um, soliciting and just getting referrals and word of mouth. I don't really focus a lot on keyword management and and um, search optimization. I think there's a lot of players in my space. Some that are some not that great. Some that are great that are doing that. And I'd rather not chase those dollars. So I don't I don't focus on that. Although it's an ancillary benefit. Um, but uh, it's really more when you get to my website and you're poking around. I'm hoping you might look on the blog and maybe search whatever category you're considering using me for. And then you'll see a lot of thought pieces that I've already written. What I find more than anything is, you know, I'm a New Yorker. I've been in sales my whole life. So I have gift of the gab. Um, That can take you so far. Sometimes that is a disadvantage, right? Because that discounts it because they think you're going to sell them. And most people innately don't want to be sold. So when they see it as a thought piece on my website, they're like, oh, he's he's talked about this before. And it's just stronger than me actually articulating it on a phone call. Right. Um, can you share a story with us about when sometime when a lead came in from any other channel other than social, whether it was a referral or organic search or, you know, whatever it was, um, networking, and then how you feel like the content on your social platforms acted as the, the exact objective that you were hoping it would and sort of closed the deal for you because they love the content so much? Uh, yeah, so... Um... I would say from a macro, when I started, I was vertical agnostic. I would work with everyone. And I still think that a lot of the principles and just 
understanding how to navigate the different platforms can apply to any verticals, mm. B2B, B2C, what have you. Yeah. Um, but really in the last two years, I focused on healthy CPG and beverage. Like those are the verticals that I believe in, um, that I consume. There's just a market that's growing. So it makes a lot of sense for me. So having um, very deep roots on all my platforms and content in those categories obviously helps. They see me as a thought leader and somebody who understands the market. Um, in addition to that, most of my business comes from investment firms, private equity and venture capital firms in this space. Right. So um, by having uh, this display of great content that I've already produced for other brands in the portfolio, above and beyond the referral they gave me, makes them think, oh, I'm a new investment of portfolio of this company. Um, they click around and they're like, oh my God, you're already working with so-and-so and so-and-so. These guys are killing it. it. It's why I went with the with the finance you know, team. This is amazing. You're already working with them. And so it's like literally 100% close rate for business. So that's been very, very helpful. And I continue to go about that. What's even more important is um, even though that portfolio that we've been talking about is Instagram and it's visual, so it's more like, you know, art than science. Yeah. Um, I really bring it home with science. So the science there, going back to my blog, is we'll use the examples of how those assets translate into sales, whether it's like support, supporting velocity at retailers or driving traffic and sales to Amazon or their website. So when I'm able to like show those thoughts, bring them in with the visual, then show the data with like, hey, here's a button blog or look at my last 10 LinkedIn posts or look at Anchor, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you over five recent podcast recordings about why Instagram followers don't matter. Mm -hmm. um, and I take that whole package and send it over. Mm -hmm. um, the selling does itself. It really brings in, I would say 50% of the business I brought in the last year has been through um, that conversation or DMing people on Instagram, DMing 100, um, this is simple math, but 100 people a week, hear back from 20, of those 20 times five days, you know, like it's it starts to add up. You convert 5% of those people. 50% of my business has come through those vehicles outside of me like going out and soliciting new business. So it's been very powerful. And um, for those 100 messages that you're sending out per week on Instagram as a DM, are you using any type of automation or are you doing that pretty much all manually? Gotta do the work. Yeah, I do it all manually. Okay, great. Um, so for the agency leaders that are watching and listening to this, they're getting some really, really in-depth uh, details about how strategically how you do this for your own agency. What's the first thing that you would advise them to do if they kind of want to take a page out of your book? Do the work. Um, and it's really served me well. You know, I'm, I'm a salesman who's been a marketer who now owns an agency. I think a lot of agency owners um, are great, right? And they have, you know, maybe they're more creative than I am. I'm not a creative, and or whatever it is. However, we all got here as the as the head of an agency or as a decision maker as an an agency. Um, specifically talking about sales, it's sort of hard to fake the sales unless you do it. My high school basketball coach used to say, "You can't teach tall. You're, 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 if you're tall, you're tall," and that that puts you ahead. Um, I'm not so tall, so I wasn't such a great basketball player, at least not on my team. But um, the point is, you know, you have to be able to put in the sales work. And I think a lot of agencies owners don't do that or they don't see social network in the context like we're talking today as like, that's how I'm selling. It's more going to networking events or, you know, putting out an email newsletter. And I think those are great ideas, too. But I think if you want to really um, uh, go out and solicit business, you have to have the hustle to do it. 
uh, and then get told no a thousand times, yeah. which could be very aggravating. If you DM someone constantly and never hear back, after a couple of days, you're probably like, that doesn't work, I'm gonna move on. Right. My expectation is if I hit 30%, I'm an all-star, like a baseball player. So I just have that in my brain. I think it's, it's, it's hard to manipulate or make that muscle become something you have, but I think it's mission critical. Yeah. And the other thing I was just going to mention is that, you know, from the context of if you are an agency that is delivering or offering social media management and, and the creative concepts and all of that for your clients, it's not such a stretch to it's not a stretch at all. It seems almost uh, natural to use social media as a tool like this, because that's the space that you play in. If you're supposed to be uh, an agency that has deep expertise in this this particular service offering, you should be using it as as a sales tool, right? As a business development tool. Totally. That makes sense to me. Super, super obvious. I think most agencies, definitely a majority, would are not thinking that way. No way. I think it's, yeah, they're just like, oh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, like this is, I would even argue some aren't even thinking this way, like where this is how you use it now, which is a problem. I think in general, they have a playbook, it's sort of formulaic and this is what they do. Right. Um, but very few are thinking about it in like the hand-to-hand -hand combat micro work, blocking and tackling stuff that you need to do. Right. Uh, but not only does it produce business, to your point, it literally is an example of how to leverage these with your own efforts and you think it would, it would be happening, it just doesn't. Right, right. Well, this has been a great conversation, Adam. I'm really, really appreciative for you being on the show today. Thank you. Anytime, I've been a big fan for a while. As you know, I appreciate that you made some time for me. Thank you. Thank you. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.